Moving on, joining me now is the author and journalist Paddy Woodworth, who has written extensively on the Basque Country and more recently also on the Catalan crisis. Paddy, just how big is the push for um, independence? The push for independence is very big, uh, you know, 500,000, maybe 700,000 people marching for three days on Barcelona. That's big. But I have to say, the ambassador who was just speaking to you yes. is quite right, and this is a really critical point that Catalan nationalists ignore again and again and again, that there is probably a majority in Catalonia against independence. What I feel the ambassador leaves out in a very coherent defence of the rule of law is that the... There is a backstory here, and he's also right, and this is very striking, but this to me suggests how badly Madrid has got it wrong, that yes, Catalonia, unlike the Basque Country, supported the Constitution of 1978 by 95%. So what has happened, and they had a very good relationship with Madrid, I mean, up and down, but a very good relationship with Madrid as an autonomous region for 30 years. So what happened in 2006... The Catalans, with the support of the Spanish Socialist Party, which is a nationwide party, not Catalan nationalist, they attempted to revise their statute of autonomy. And essentially they wanted two things. They wanted more tax powers, something similar to what the Basques already had, and they wanted to be defined as a nation, not a nationality. Does it matter? It matters to them. God, you know, we could at least understand how fudges are necessary on this island. Indeed, yeah. indeed. So so they got this reform statute through their own parliament by roughly 80%. They got it through the Madrid parliament, and this is significant, by 60%. And then the Spanish Conservatives, who I think are a very problematic force, and as we now see, they're fractured in three, with the extreme right actually raising its head from the trenches and waving its own flags. Um, they've been within the PP for forever, in my view, within the Conservative Party. And they, they decided, I think, two things. They realised that there are votes in Spain from talking tough to the Catalans. So you inflame Spanish nationalism against Catalan nationalism. God, and this you, is like a virus going around the world, well, isn't it's, it? It is, and you get this bouncing, I think, opportunism on both sides. So the Catalans found that their constitution, where they'd gone through all the rules, is taken to the constitutional court. And here we see the beginning of what I think is the core of this problem. It's the, it's the cop-out of politics and passing it to the courts. It's the judicialization of politics. It goes to the constitutional court and they basically they castrate the, 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 the new statute. That creates huge, huge uh, frustration in Catalonia. But if I may briefly say, something else is happening as well, and that is that the mainstream Catalan Nationalist Party, which is quite a conservative party, suddenly shifts to independence. There's always been an independence movement, but it was minority and left-wing. Yeah. Suddenly you have a centre-right party moving to independence. And I think they did this out of genuine frustration, but they also did it because they knew they were facing big corruption trials and they were also responsible for a property bubble uh, which was collapsing, and they were trying to impose very Im unpopular austerity measures. So what do you do? You wrap yourself in the Catalan flag. So I'm, I'm sorry, I take a slightly plague on both your houses attitude to the mainstream parties. What's really interesting at the moment is that the mainstream uh, Catalan nationalists, the old centre-right, is now more radical than the Republican left 
which is being very responsible. I'd like to mention one other thing too. The violence, the violence in the last few days is completely exceptional. It's a tiny minority of the demonstrators. More important than that is that last night, very bravely, members of the Republican left, and I presume the mainstream Conservatives as well, interposed their bodies between the violent demonstrators and the police forces. And they created a cordon so that last night was the most peaceful. We would have expected last night, Saturday yeah, night, yeah. to be the most violent night. It was the most peaceful night. Right. So I think the Catalans want to pull back. I, I, I think the sensible Catalan nationalists want to pull back from open conflict, which would be disastrous. Right. Jeremy, you wanted to come in on yeah, this. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the, the, nub, the nub of it, is that the balance between politics and the law has become skewed. And that was left out of the ambassador's uh, analysis for, for, for his own obvious reasons. But well, if you consider, he is, government. yeah. Yes. But if you consider the uh, peaceful nature, by and large, to date, um, of the demonstrations and of the push, if that had been managed more effectively, if that balance had been restored, you could be looking at a solution to this des- desire for self determination within a fairly elaborate federalism. Yeah. in Spain. And that would be the solution to it, particularly when Catalonia itself is so divided, uh, because you know the, the nature of the division, it's almost a 50-50 division, really. You know? And the severity of this sentencing was always going to inflame. Mm-hmm. Um, and when but you consider if, two but years if ago, a politician <coughs> interfered on that, there'd be meal and murder, because the, you have to allow the courts and the judges, presumably, uh, independence. Yeah, but are the courts independent? You know, I mean, going back to Paddy's point about the, the pressure that's been coming uh, on the judiciary, and, you know, going back to, you know, th- this isn't something that began just in 2017. Yeah. We'll remember the images of the ballot boxes being smashed in 2017 and how to respond to that even divided our own government. And this is where it always got interesting. Could the Spanish question become internationalised? Because the EU would say that's an internal Spanish matter. That's what the Catalan nationalists hoped and they've actually failed in that. And, you know, know, Spanish problems have become internationalised in the past. They certainly have. (laughs) Uh, And there's also, interestingly, historically, there's been a lot of sympathy in Ireland and within Irish nationalism and republicanism for the uh, desires of Catalonia for independence. A hundred years ago, during our war of independence, there were representatives of the Irish Republic drumming up support in that region because they felt they could make, uh, you know, they'd make common cause with the Irish question. Um, You know, so it does have a wider uh, significance in relation to uh, self-determination within Europe. Yeah, well, if you take the problems that Europe has with Brexit, holy mother of the divine, if Spain broke up into... Yes, Mary, sorry. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's hugely difficult and challenging and very complex issues at play here. But, um, and I'm a bit loath to use the UK and Britain as, as an example, but if you think about the Scottish independence referendum, Britain accommodated that discussion and that debate, and the result went the way it, that the British government hoped it would. I think the Spanish government has, has, is, is guilty of a strategic miscalculation here in terms of how they've actually approached the issue from the outset. Mm. Um, facilitating discussion and debate on an issue where, you know, the, the margins are very slim in terms of what way a vote might go. But that can really give, it can give clarity um, to how people feel. And, um, and there's important lessons for Ireland here in all of this as well, because we may well be looking at a referendum on this island in the future on questions around um, Irish unity, for example, and having discussions which are comprehensive, and having discussions which can be, you know, conducted in an atmosphere which is conducive, um, you know, to very real and honest conversations about very, very difficult issues. Very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. 
Um, so I, 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 I agree with, with Paddy's assessment. Paddy, you wanted to things. come back in there? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of, if I may, kind of slightly reinforce that mm-hmm. to distinguish between the desire for independence and the desire for self-determination. Yeah, sure. They're different things. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the opinion polls in Catalonia, they show generally a small minority in mm-hmm. favour of independence, but a significant majority, around 70% very often, in favour of self-determination. Why, where, does, where do you cross over? Well, well, that is so. You, you would say, I want my region to have the right to decide its own future, but I'm going to vote for it to stay in a relationship with Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think of it in a way, if you think of it like Spain being a, a mansion, and the Catalans and the Basques both enjoy some of the best accommodation in that mansion. These are not oppressed peoples in any normal sense of the word. But culturally, they feel disrespected. More disrespected than oppressed. Isn't that the description that they use sometimes as well, Paddy, that they're cultural nations within Spain? Yes. That's how they would describe. And again, that is self-determination. But you see that in many parts of Spain inflames Spanish nationalism, which has been very authoritarian in the past and is raising its head again. Mind you, a caller was on to say Spain is a very young democracy and the rise of nationalism is very dangerous uh, to that democracy. Michael McDowell? There's a a number of points here. I mean, uh, I think the ambassador's points were were, 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 uh, typically what you'd expect from an ambassador depending on government. This is a socialist government in Madrid which is playing at the moment a strongly nationalist card against the Catalans, which is interesting in its own way. It's not the old traditional left uh, Catalan uh, relationship has been played out in a very different way. Yeah. The second thing is that, you know, um, your the Spanish constitution, which was adopted, one of its most basic kind of philosophical things was the uh, territorial integrity of Spain as a, as, as, as a state, mm-hmm. subject to uh, elaborate pr- um, uh, acknowledgement of auto- regional yeah. autonomy. But, um, I mean... To, to use the analogy that Mary was uh, using with the United Kingdom, I mean, if the Scottish Parliament had no right, uh, if, if it didn't have a, an act passed in Westminster to allow it to have a plebiscite and had done that, uh, would uh, Westminster have intervened? Very, very questionable. And the difference between Scotland and Ireland is that uh, Northern Ireland has a, a constitutional and now treaty-based right to secede from the United Kingdom. Scotland does not and mm. Catalonia does not. So there's, there, there, there are interesting parallels there. Mm. There's I mean, another difference, though, between the Scottish referendum and the Catalan one, and, and that is the one in Catalonia was non-binding. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ambassador's case... That was a deal, in fact. Y- Yes, I, but I the, thank you, pardon. It was illegal. It was illegal but to have it. If yeah. it was non-binding, does that still make it unconstitutional? Because that's what the, the Supreme Court said it yes, did. Is yeah. the point. And, and can, I, can I just make another point? Because I don't want to be seen to be too uh, pro-Castile and uh, anti-Catalonian. The, the big mistake that's been made by the by, by the Madrid government is that it, since it plays very well to be tough on, on Catalan separatism uh, at every level and throughout um, 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 the rest of Spain. Um, the, the the Prime Minister has stood over these uh, sentences that were imposed. And you go back to, I mean, my grandfather was given a penal servitude for a life sentence for trying to call off 1916 <laughs> when the others were being put up against a wall. Uh, overreaction is a disaster. And I mean, uh, while these guys are in jail, 
uh, I think you know um, you're going to have hunger strikes or something like that will be the next thing yeah. and it's, 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 it's going to be well, a festering social media is a huge you know, part of it yeah, now as well uh, which is modern a, 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 a one year or a six month sentence would have been so much wiser than yes, 30 years or, or <laughs> she said judge Paddy was talking about Sarah you were, you were talking about the uh, difference between self-determination and independence but I think the problem is that when you create polarisation you emphasise difference yeah. and therefore Absolutely. the appetite for independence grows and we saw last year on the first anniversary of the referendum one million people mm. went out uh, into the streets of Barcelona that's one million of a population of seven million yeah. you know it's it a lot wasn't of- at that level before well, it's been building ever since ever since the, the new statute of autonomy was shot down by the Constitutional Court. There have been huge demonstrations on Catalan National Day. Uh, it's, it's built and built and built. How, how would you resolve it? Well, I would resolve it within changing the Spanish Constitution. You see, there's an assumption I felt behind what the ambassador said, yeah. that the Spanish yeah. Constitution is somehow set in stone. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we reform and revise constitutions all the time and times change. And uh, I think it's very unfortunate that a self-determination clause wasn't built into the original constitution because both the Basques and the Catalans had been promised by the socialists and the communists who were the big opposition force against the dictatorship at the time. They had been promised self-determination and the Socialist Party, shamefully in my view, changed its statutes and removed self-determination as part of its compromise with the old regime. And, you know, we're, we're seeing Franco being dug up now, and I was very struck... I was struck, going to ask you about that, I uh, was very struck by the leader of Podemos, the, the new left-wing party, the other day, who said, the remains of Franco are not in the Valley of the Fallen. The remains of Franco are in the banks, they are in the church, they are in all the pillars <laughs> of the establishment <laughs> still today. And there's some truth in that. That said, I don't want to appear to say that Spain is not a democracy. It is a democracy. It's a pretty free democracy in many ways. But this this authoritarian tendency and tendency to use the courts to shut up people whose views you don't like. I mean, but I think what what should they have done with the referendum? They should have said, this referendum has been declared illegal. You can have a bit of political theatre if you like. Do all the voting you like, but we don't recognise it. That's what they should have done, not sent in the police. Yeah. Um, This is with reference to what the ambassador had to say. They chided China and yet Spain jailed Catalan officials who held a referendum. Well, I presume they're talking about um, Hong Kong. Kong, Kong, But there can only be one winner, I think, there, certainly in the the foreseeable future. Uh, What is it about digging up Franco? Well, what is it about digging up Franco? What is it in having Franco there for the last 40 years in this grotesque monument topped by the largest Christian cross in uh, apparently in, in, in the world? And in the monument where he's buried are also buried thousands of Republican and Francoist combatants who fell in the war. But certainly, I'm not too clear about the Francoists, but the Republicans... Their families weren't consulted. We don't even know who they are. They're not named. They were shoveled into these galleries under Franco's body. So it's a kind of horrible piece of symbolism. And I think you have to ask, I know it's different, but you have to ask, can you imagine a monument to Hitler outside Berlin today? Can you imagine a monument to Mussolini? But you're still causing rows even in America. 
And how long ago was the American Civil War? They're still They're fighting very about difficult their issues, monuments. Yes. You know, do you tear down Confederacy statues? Do you leave them? Are they history? Are they what? Do they what do they say about the? Curse? Well, that's why I question whether this is the moment to dig up Franco, because mm. I think coming up to an election, I, and I think Sanchez, the, the socialist prime minister, I think is very opportunist, and I keep using that word also, is mm. digging up Franco now in order to kind of take off some of the space from Podemos, the new left-wing party that has cut into the socialist vote. This is and I don't I, think it's helpful. That I was raising in the week, I was asked to speak to retired army officers here. It sounds very dangerous, but, but it wasn't. Army Comrades Association? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but in any event, uh, it was a very, very enjoyable occasion. Uh, but I did, in the course of my remarks, I said to them, you know, there is, an, there is um, a sense in which you have to make a... A, a, a very cold choice as to whether you run a line across this page of history and say we're not going behind that again. We're not. Mm. We're not going back mm. there. And I mean, Soldier F on trial yeah. for something forty-seven years ago. When you know and I know, Marion, you've had people in this studio who've done far worse things. And um, uh, no, I would doubt that anybody that has been in this studio has assured me that, that they, they haven't, haven't and that they were never a member <laughs> of the IRA. Well, like, and that's a fact that they told me. They told I you think so. but I mean, to be but fair but to the relatives of yeah. people who were killed yeah. on yeah, Bloody yeah. Sunday, but, 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 yeah, but, there is nothing worse sorry, than to have somebody can, can, be shot dead. I know, I know there isn't, but, but, but I really do think, you know, uh, we faced that in the Civil War here. And uh, it, on the day of the handover to Fianna Fáil, the, the Minister for Defence said, destroy all records to do with the executions and all the rest of it, by far. I think it was Desmond Fitzgerald signed that uh, order to the armed forces. He was saying, we're drawing a line under that. And they didn't go back under that. The, the army uh, switched its allegiance to de Valera's government. And we, we but 100 years on, that civil yeah. war uh, legacy is, is still a delicate issue. Yeah. So if it's only 45 yeah. years... Or, or in America, they're, they're, they're still fighting their civil yeah. war. So the question I'm, I'm saying, you know, I don't believe, I have to say, in all of this notion of a truth commission. You'll never find out the truth about most things that happened in Northern Ireland. The people who did the terrible deeds will never put their hands up and say, I did But even this where the bodies are in Spain, as a result yes. of Spain's yeah. civil war, I mean, yeah. they're still unresolved. Well, this is one of the most shame, greatest shames of Spanish democracy, that quite apart from the Valley of the Fallen, where Franco is, yeah. there are 30,000 bodies yeah. in unmarked right. graves right across Spain, <gasps> and they, they, their relatives have been denied the rights by local courts and by conservative politicians to dig up their own grandparents. Well, that's that crazy, that yeah. is shameful, because we have to remember that all of the Franco is dead are honoured. There are monuments yeah. to them all over the place, yeah. and quite properly, they're, yeah. they're buried in, and they're respected in, in the In the quiet of night, just after the end of the Civil War, the bodies were exhumed and they were given to the relatives. And the reason the Irish government made that decision at the time is because they knew if they didn't do that then, in the long term, this yeah. would be a focal point and yeah. terribly divisive. Right, OK. By the way, speaking about truth commissions, I mean, not everybody in South Africa thinks that their truth commission works well, the point. at all. Yeah. You know, I think we look at it with kind of great admiration. Yes. You mentioned um, there's no sort of um, monument to Hitler out there, but, you know, I've been in Moscow in Lenin's tomb, was in China, saw Chairman Mao, very yeah, different experience. Um, so, you know, it just sort of illustrates it takes a long time and maybe we need to wait until everyone's going to settle down. And, I mean, there are arguments um, over how many tens of millions of deaths Stalin was responsible mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. There you go. Anyway, listen, we'll have to take a break. Thank you very much indeed for that, Paddy. All the best. Podcast The Marion Finucane Show at rte.ie slash radio. Mm -hmm.